You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride, take a cab, find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lagging, baby? What's crack a lagging? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. At least 19 people are now confirmed dead following last week's mudslides in Southern California. And while authorities in Santa Barbara County say they are still in rescue mode, they acknowledge that hopes of finding more survivors are dwindling. Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown. Every hour, it remains less likely that we will find anyone alive. There is always hope. Several people remain missing. An army of rescuers and recovery workers remain in the town of Montecito five days after the mudslides. Officials in Hawaii under fire for the false alert sent to smartphones about a missile threat. The alert sent yesterday morning panicked thousands of Hawaii residents and visitors. Jackie Young from Hawaii Public Radio reports. At 8.07 a.m., state emergency officials mistakenly sent out a text alert that a ballistic missile was inbound to Hawaii and to seek immediate shelter. The Honolulu police switchboard was overwhelmed by more than 5,000 callers. On Oahu, drivers jammed roadway tunnels looking for protection. University students sought out defunct World War II air raid shelters. Tourists in Waikiki called their loved ones on the mainland to say goodbye. It wasn't until about 40 minutes later that state officials issued a correction, saying it was a drill gone terribly wrong. Governor David Ige promised procedures would be changed to ensure it doesn't happen again. 
For NPR News, I'm Jackie Young in Honolulu. State lawmakers say they will hold a hearing on the matter this Friday, and Federal Communications Commission Chairman Ajit Pai says the FCC will investigate. The FCC has jurisdiction over the emergency alert system. Seven-year Tunisians forced a dictator from power, beginning the country's transformation into a democracy and inspiring the Arab Spring protests. NPR's Ruth Sherlock says that uh, for D- Tunisians, this time of year, both uh, this is a time of both celebration and frustration. In downtown Tunis, crowds gather to mark the anniversary of the ouster of President Zine El Abidine Ben Ali. People dance to songs from the days of the 2011 revolution. They chant and celebrate freedom. Now they say Tunisians can voice their opinions. They can speak freely without fearing arrest, as they used to in the dark days of the country's dictatorship. But there's also immense frustration. Personal freedoms have improved, they say, but the economy has not. Unemployment cripples the country's youth, and new austerity measures have made the situation worse. So many see the anniversary as a chance to remind the government of the problems that remain. Ruth Sherlock, NPR News, Tunis. State-run broadcasters in both Iran and China say the Iranian tanker that's been burning since last week following a collision in the East China Sea has sunk. This is NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. There's this, uh, Bill Crystal sent out a tweet about just uh, echoing what David just said. Bill Crystal, well-known conservative voice, of course. Here's what he said. I don't know why this one makes me so emotional, but it does. Two weeks ago, a 26-year-old soldier raced repeatedly into a burning Bronx apartment building, saving four people before he died in the flames. His name was Private Emmanuel Mensah, and he immigrated from Ghana a country Donald Trump apparently thinks produces very subpar immigrants. I, I, I don't know why the president doesn't know that. Here's a couple of things, Allison, and, and you have me emotional because of your emotion and trying to report without getting emotional. You have a president, and, and this, the onus is on those who in this country who voted for him or didn't vote. And I think back to something Maya Angelou said, when someone, someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. The African-American community was screaming when he kept saying, make America great again. That was cold. When was America great? What 
time period were you talking about? And then you have a president who could not get it right when it came to issues of Charlottesville. And then he's going to change the narrative from the NFL players about taking the knee. It was about police-involved shootings. It wasn't about the flag. It wasn't about uh, uh, the soldiers. And it wasn't about this country. It was about changing the dynamic to stop what's been going on for hundreds of years. You have a president who today, and this is the irony, today will celebrate MLK Day yes. at the White House. I mean, it just adds to all of the emotion, the, and it adds the to irony. the horror. And of then, right. And you, but, you, but, but listen to this. And then you also, today is the eighth anniversary of that deadly earthquake in Haiti. Yeah. But you also have a president who can't get the, get the name of Tanzania right. He calls it Tanzania. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ral Show. With Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is January 14th, 2018, and welcome into the serious side. Of course, I'm your host, Jay Ryle. I'm glad you guys are here. It's a late start. I'll explain that later, but I want to get our balance in as soon as possible. First of all, let me introduce to you what I consider one of the smartest brothers who walk this earth today. My friend and colleague and the man who brings you on a weekly basis on a need-to-know basis and the man that's in charge over at ExpreeRadio.net, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit. Man, I had to work on that because I'm not used to doing this. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, good morning. I'm good, man. And Happy New Year to everybody. I know we're still just in it, but... We should still acknowledge the fact that we're moving on. Happy New Year. <laughs> ah, moving on, moving on, moving on. Of course, oh. the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am well. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Jay. And morning. may I say a happy, happy birthday to my guy, Jay Ryle. Oh, hey. happy birthday, man. <laughs> What are you, 86, 97? What, how old are you, man? <laughs> I am old enough to get a discount at Denny's. That's all you need to know. Hey, I got my ARP card, too, my brother. I got it out of Everybody should be happy to get their cards. So that's all I want to say. We all be happy to get our cards. Yeah, that's <laughs> If young folks don't know what we're talking about, you'll keep <laughs> You'll see. Tell them, Jerome. It's coming. Oh, my God. Thank you. My guys, man. What a way to spend your birthday with two of my favorite cats right here on the serious side. Dr. Princess Odilia, because of the issues that we have with time, hopefully she'll pop in here. And I'll explain what happened uh, here in a second. But right now, let me give you the important information. 347-850-1272 uh, is the calling number. You can get in uh, if you like or if you're listening in Rewind, which 90 5% of you do, then there's really no way. You can always send messages throughout the week like you do, and I, I need to do a better job of trying to read those on the air, because people will correspond with the show uh, during the week, but unfortunately because of some of the issues that we have, I don't write that stuff down, so I need to do a better job of that, and I make a pledge to you in 2018 that I will do this, but keep in mind, when you respond during the week, you're responding to a show that's already happened, so 
it's kind of hard for me to talk about it during the new show. So maybe we'll come up with a new bit in 2018 that can encompass and, you know, take all those comments in because I think it's important for people to have their voice heard, especially if they're trying to participate in this process, this thing that we call democracy. Now, to kind of give you what happened this morning, you know, I always say if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. Well, guess what? If there's technical issues, then you know it's Block Talk Radio. So once again, we had an issue with that, but uh, started 30 minutes late, so let me kind of give you the adjusted schedule because we're going to give you a full two hours, but it's going to be a little different. All right, so we're going to run all the way up until 11 o'clock. We have a hard stop at 11 o'clock central, I should say, 12 noon on the East Coast. However, we're going to get Jerome in, so Jerome's going to have all that time to do on a need-to-know basis because we want you to get the full complement of the show. And once again, like I said before, only 5% of our audience is live. And it's nothing against you guys. You can always call in 347-850-1272 and listen to the uh, live broadcast or listen to the uh, what we call the uh, after party of the rewind or overtime that has so affectionately become known around here. Or you could be like, you know, the 95% of people and just listen to the show during their leisure. Your call, you'll get a two-hour show today because that's what we do. 347-850-1272. A lot to get into this morning. I'm during the week with Donald Trump, you know we're going to talk about that, but we're going to start this show off with something that's positive. We're going to talk about a king that will be celebrating his birthday tomorrow. You got the prince today, and you're going to have Dr. King tomorrow. His birthday is tomorrow. And so we want to spend some time to talk about it because I love this time of year because it gives me an opportunity uh, Mr. Elias to play that last speech of Dr. King. It was almost as if he knew that that night would be his last night on earth. Let's talk about Dr. King a little bit and, you know, a special commemoration coming up because his birthday is tomorrow. The nation will recognize it even though there's no time off. It's a federal holiday. But let's talk about Dr. King. Your thoughts, sir? Um, visionary. Uh, gave his life for a cause. How many of us would give our life for what we believed in? He knew he knew he was going. He, he wasn't gonna make it. He knew it. And at thirty nine, at thirty nine years old, man, think about all that he accomplished at thirty nine years old. Wow. Wow. That 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 speaks in volumes, man. He he gave his life for something he believed in. And that that was he believed in black folks, man. And people don't realize that. Like I said, man, to honor him. Is the reason I get out and vote because he fought for our, for our rights to vote. You know, I, I think about Mandela. Mandela did all that to, 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 to just get the right to vote. These uh, people don't understand how important that is. But Dr. King was a visionary, man. He was, and he he knew what he had to do. And how many of us, how many of us, being black folks, could stand somebody? Even though, as I talked to Hosea Williams, one, one of my frat brothers. He's like, Dr. King wasn't that peaceful, but he, he led the peaceful movement. Because he said, Dr. King had his people out there, and if he, if you get too far out of hand, he had some people that would handle you. So, but the bottom line is, man, how many people how many people could stand up and, and, and take a nonviolent approach like he did? He got stabbed in, the, in, in Illinois, man, and almost took his life. They say it was so close to his heart that if he had breathed wrong, he would have died. He took all this abuse, spent time in jail for us and for our people not to get out and, and do what they're supposed to now. 
We're supposed to be fighting this fight, can, man. But one can argue, Mr. Elias, and I want to go to Jerome here, but one can argue, just to kind of have a, somewhat of a rebut to your comment, one can argue that he also fought for the right for people to do, you know, not to go vote. I mean, it's their right to do what they want to do. It's, you know, it's this is a country where people can do what they want to do. And so you can say that he also gave his life for people to have the ability to do just that. Now, I'm with you. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Too many people laid their life on the line for you to have that ability. But the bottom line is you do have the right to do what you want in this country as long as it's lawful, right? Huh? I agree with that. But so, I mean, bottom line is, uh-huh. you know, I agree you had a right to not, to not vote. And that's, that's, that's perfectly well within your right, man. That is. But when you don't vote, you get what you get. Well, like most people say, if you don't voice, if you don't vote, then you don't have a voice. Don't complain about things that are going bad when you don't get out there and, uh, you know, and uh, exercise your uh, civic right. I mean, well, your constitutional right. Get, out, get out in your local uh, election if you're not happy with the, with the presidential election. Get out in your local election. Yeah, and I think people don't understand. I think some of those elections are more important than what's ha- what happens every four yes, years. Yes, they are. Uh, or, you know, 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. Let me, let me swing around to my man, Jerome. All right, Jerome, listen, you, you know, Mr. LES mentioned – uh, um, Nelson Mandela. He talked. You know, we t- were talking about Dr. King. You know, uh, uh, Medgar Evans. You know, Marcus. I mean, you think about all these. We were privileged, man. You think about it. Now, even though some of us was not alive, some of us we weren't alive during King and some of these other stuff. But we've grown up in the era, man, where there have been a lot of great African American leaders, man. And I think we should pinch ourselves because, good God, man, Malcolm X, all these guys are within our generational reach, right? I mean, these are guys that some of us may have only been one or two when they were born, but I can say, look, I shared the earth with these guys. So, I mean, when we think about our African-American leaders and some of the people who are going to have a profound impact on our history for the rest of this nation's, uh, uh, as long as this nation is in existence, well, what do you think about that, man? How, summarize that for me, and only Jerome can, because I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Well, I I don't know if um, just in thinking about it, you're right. You know, when you look at Malcolm X or Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Ture or yeah. um, any, of, any of those guys, you know, Angela Davis, all of those guys. She was a professor at the University of um, um, California, Berkeley, and right. people don't yep. think, oh, these guys were educated, you know. And Huey Newton, he's Dr. Huey Newton, you know. Yeah. Those guys were putting their lives on the line for a cause and sometimes we forget people like Mecker Evers and and um, Fred Hampton and all of those guys who just came out the box like Martin Luther King is kind of uh, a symbol of, yep. of fighting against the system now again he admits that nonviolence was a strategy it was not uh, a way of life and so we need to get over the fact that when people speak about him, they are jacking his legacy to make everybody else docile. But that wasn't what, you know, um, his thought was. It was a strategy. And he died shortly after meeting, meeting um, Al-Had, Malik Al-Shabazz, or Malcolm X, which most people call him. But when he met him, they were along the same lines at that point because they knew, mm-hmm. as Martin Luther King said, we need to go to a more aggressive nonviolence. 
because he was tired of people, you know, going after women and children. So you don't get to have everybody just sit around and you pour flour on them and start hitting them in the face. And people don't find, at some point say, you know what, if your own consciousness is not kicking in, we are going to have to stop you from doing what you're doing. So when we go to celebrate Martin, uh, Martin Luther King, I think we need to be really respectful of the fact that he evolved from the I Have a Dream um, 68, I guess it was. Well, he died in 68, but, you know, he from the I Have a Dream speech to 68, that was, you know, I guess the 60 speech, the March on Washington was 65. So he grew since then. And so as saying that we need to go to a more aggressive nonviolence, and we need to understand that as people we need to evolve and that was just a strategy it was not a way of life and so we always need to keep that in mind so even in talking about his legacy of peace we all wanted peace and Nelson Mandela wanted peace but he was also prepared he was a king he was a leader so leaders mm-hmm. make decisions and so we have to be respectful of that in the bigger picture yeah, it's interesting you say that because when you talk about Dr. King, Dr. King is really the go-to guy. It's almost like when you talk to white people about jazz, hey, I have Kenny G, that's because that's the only person they know. They don't know about, you know, the Brad, you know, they don't know about, you know, Jeff Brad, Bradshaw and all those guys, you know, the guys that are down there pecking on it. I get what you're saying. And I think yeah. it's important for us, especially with uh, Black History Month just around the corner. We need to dig into the crates. That's what I call it. Dig into the crates, man. Learn about your history. Learn about those people who are not the known, quote, unknown, the known entity out there, right? Get out there. It's easy for you to say Dr. Martin Luther King, but there were so many people who played an important and vital role in the civil rights movement that it's just uh it's you know it's really uh no excuse for us not to know some of their names uh let's bring in uh the very lovely dr princess Odia. she's made her way here good morning doc sorry about the uh mishap with time but you're here and as long as you're here the show now can uh we're complete now everyone's here good morning how are you i am amazing and no problem today i actually called in at 10 o'clock this morning and when it said no show i'm like what I'm right on time okay, and he's not there. Behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. We don't want people to know that. Thank you. You can talk to me about that off the air. Hi, Dr. Prince Odia. Good morning. Welcome in. It is Dr. We're celebrating two birthdays of Kings. Today is my birthday, so we're going to, you know, Happy celebrate that. Good tomorrow. Wait a minute, but you're not a king. I mean, well, no, you are a king, baby, but I just wanted to ask you. You told me you were wow. a king. What a way to stop in the <laughs> you are a I king. Know, Stilly, you are know, a king. We don't, allow, we don't allow drinking on the show, but that's okay. Good morning to you, Dr. Princess. And we're, gonna, we're talking about the main king, though. The one and only, the Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. Your birthday's tomorrow. It's a national, I mean, it's a federal holiday. It's recognized. So we just want to get your thoughts on Dr. King's legacy. And if Dr. King was alive today, what do you think he'd say about what's going on in American politics? Well, first, um, I think he'd still stand by his dream and his vision, and I don't believe he would waver. I believe he would he would he would do whatever he had to do to pull communities together to stand in alignment with that vision and and move forward, as he did in the past. When I think about his dream, I'm you know I live in in Alpharetta, Georgia now, and 
I'm just going to tell you something. I am amazed at how the the transformation of of Georgia the way Georgia is now there's a black mayor I mean all of these things that are happening in Georgia now the same state where um, Martin Luther King was from and what he did here in terms of his vision and his dream the foundation of the freedom that is represented throughout the world and especially here in Georgia I'm amazed. I come from up north, and people by record would think that up north is an indicator of, you know, we were the the freer states and this, that, and the third. However, I must say that (laughs) that's quite the contrary because Michigan um, is in the process of transformation but definitely uh, demonstrates a lot of racism, and I mean a lot, in many different parts. And... um, when I come here and I see, I may see the we, the wealthy um, Anglo-Saxon, what we would think traditionally may, um, or at least what I thought. From up north, we, you know, a lot of times, many of us view the southern southern states as being prejudiced. I didn't want to, I wasn't um, exactly thinking first to come to Georgia because of my perception of what Georgia may entail in terms of racism. And when I came here and I see, I may see wealthy Anglo-Saxons walking in a, in a mall with their children, you know, walking around with two black American girl dolls and, and, and not just one set of families, but see it often and see people talking and communicating and, and it being um, a very nice um, energy. Very surprised. But when I look at that, I remember Dr. Martin Luther King. I remember right. I had a, I have a dream. I know yep. that the foundation of that was his his contribution and his vision mm-hmm. of that. You get it? So I right. am it, it it empowers and inspires me to do what I do in terms of inspiring people to vision beyond circumstance and regardless of the circumstance that you're in right. knowing that it can be a transformation and I believe that if he was living today he would still be moving forward and saying that we still have more to go, but look at where we've come from. We may not be where we want, but we we will yep. get there. We will get Good there. Stuff. Good stuff. Let's get out to the phone lines. Let's bring in our colleague. Uh, you know she is Jackie. Uh, Thoughts and visions. Of course, she's an alum from the J. Ryle Show. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome in, a.k.a. Rich Sister. Good morning. Well, hello. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing better. I've been kind of sick throughout the week, but I'm doing better. Happy birthday to you, Jay, well, first thank of all. You. Thank Many, you. more. Thank How's you. everybody else doing? Good morning, Rich Sister. Okay. Everyone's doing and well. Good morning, Absolutely. Rich Sister. Good morning. Well, all I got to um, say about Dr. King, I just thank God for his what his life was, his legacy, and it's just mm-hmm. every time this weekend up the example though that we're to be. Mm-hmm. He sets a great, a wonderful example as to how we're to be. Because I mean, he, I mean, you gotta be willing to sacrifice your life if it comes to it. Huh. And he was. 
sat down for the call. Yeah, that's mm. uh, that's that's being down. That's being weighed down. I mean, because Mr. Elias asked an important question. It's something I think we want to talk about in a future show. You know, would you be willing to do it? I mean, for 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 your uh, because you know activism is is something, and I applaud all people who are out there making it happen right now. But could they? Would they still be out there if they knew that? Hey, not only your life was straight up in danger, and your life's in danger now. But you know, from I mean, like it was in the '60s, that environment. That's why I look at think uh, about the Panthers, you know, man. Uh, All the Panthers were well, like that. I think, yeah, I think about that. I think about Muhammad Ali. How he was talking crazy to white people. You know, you didn't do that back then. I mean, he was talking nuts to him. Yeah, you be quiet. You know, <laughs> shut <crazy>. up. And, <laughs> he, he was talking crazy, crazy to white folks. Yes, sir. He was just telling them, "Go somewhere and sit down." White folks talk crazy to us. Are you crazy? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, he was, he was, you know how, well, black people then was, oh, no problem, because, you, you know, they knew that, hey, it's just a matter of going to jail for the day, let you out at night, a, a, a crew of white people to track you down, kill you, and that's the end of it. But he didn't get, man, that dude was like, whatever, you know, and that's why I said, man, he was just like, you know what, get up out of, get out of my way, get out of my space, you know. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing to watch. That's why he's one of the – I admire that man so much. And so, you know, a lot of African Americans are really trying to put their spin on uh, what's happening. And it's a beautiful thing to watch our folks really come together and say, hey, you know what, we're not going to put up with this nonsense. So speaking of uh, coming together, two things I want to announce. Coming up next segment, uh, we're going to do a segment called Your Thoughts, Please. And it's something new. We're not going to do it every Sunday. But what we're going to do is we're going to try to hit as many news stories as we can in the 30-minute block that we have. So that should be fun. We'll see how that turns out. Also, uh, we're going to, uh, coming up in this morning's, uh, 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 in four minutes or less, I want you guys to listen to Don Lemon. That's right. I said it, Don Lemon. But that's coming up. So stay tuned. Stay back. Sit back. Relax. Sorry for the, the, the delay, but we're here for the full two hours. And like I said, it's time for another edition of In Four Minutes or Less. Featuring the infamous Don Lemon. We'll be right back after this. And this is for anyone who may be taken aback by my comments. I want to be very clear here. I don't really care if you are. I hope you are. For years now, it has been, you know, two and a half years since he officially entered the political arena. For years, I and others have been trying to tell you, the American people, that this man was exhibiting bigoted behavior. I asked him about it a number of times and he denied it, but kept up the racist rhetoric and behavior throughout the campaign and now while he's in the White House. His supporters made excuses, continue to make excuses for him. Some of them people I personally know. Some of them are his friends, as a matter of fact, and I can hear them now telling me, oh, Don, Donald didn't mean that. Donald isn't a racist or just people who don't know him. I don't think, I think he's taken out of context. I'm not sure. How many examples do you need of this? But he is a racist. And for all of you who over the last few years have uttered that tired, lazy, uninformed, uneducated, ignorant response of calling me and others who point out racist behavior racist, you know what you can go do? go read a book, a history book, because you might learn that people from some of those shithole countries were slaves who were brought here by force to help build this country, and then start your learning process from there. 
You also might want to do some self-examination. What does it say about you that no matter what, no matter what, you continue to make excuses for this man for his vile behavior, this sort of vile behavior? Doesn't that make you just as bad, if not worse, than him? And I have to be honest, I was, at, I was not shocked that Donald Trump reportedly call the majority of black and Hispanic countries uh, or continents shitholes. I wasn't shocked. I'm not. I'm really not outraged by it. I'm not outraged. I'm tired of being outraged, as a matter of fact. I've been outraged too many times. It's more important to be strategic than to be outraged. Some people can be outraged, but it's more important for level-headed people to be strategic rather than outraged. Otherwise, it becomes a sky-is-falling situation every time he says something dumb or stupid or racist. Here's why I'm not outraged. Because people of color warned you. You called us racists or race baiters. I'm not mad that you call me those things because I'm not one of them. So why are you mad if someone calls you a racist if you know you're not one? Think about that. If you know you're not a racist, then why are you mad about it when someone calls out racism? What does that say about you? You know what those black and brown folks who you call racists are saying now? They're saying you bought it, you own it. And as we say in the South, you know what this means. Bless your heart. On the Need to Know basis is sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network online radio. It is best. Now back to our show. As I mentioned at the top, our, I just mentioned, we have a new thing that we're going to do. Very, very loud. There we go. Get it to a point where you can hear my voice. All right, a new bit that we're doing, and it's called Your Thoughts, Please, where I'm going to ask our panelists questions. We're going to talk about topics, right? Topic will appear, and we will talk. Now, keep in mind, guys, give us a response. We want a conversation about it, but we try to get as many as we can in a lot of time. So we have 30 minutes, and uh, we're going to get it of it. So here we go. Once again, guys, I want you to check it out. Here's the first topic that we're going to discuss this morning. This is not a drill. Take immediate action measure. The dire warning of a ballistic missile threat buzzing on cell phones stripped across television screens. Residents told to seek immediate shelter. Quote, this is not a drill. It took 38 minutes for some people to get the all clear. The message, a human error, false alarm. And it comes just weeks after Hawaii reinstated a Cold War era missile alert system in the event of an attack by North Korea following Kim Jong-un's repeated tests. So now, let's talk about this. Jerome, you're chilling in Hawaii, doing what you do, and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> your phone says, here comes a missile. I mean, well, who, who makes these types of mistakes, man? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on this one, Jay. I am like, uh, hey, I just kind of look at it like this, that we have to be prepared and... Um, since we have some erratic dotard uh, running things who just yells out fire in a crowded theater, 
stuff <laughs> like this that happens, we are on extra alert. So for all those people who voted for that fool, they need to understand that this is partially our panic for this is because they had to put that system back online because of him talking noise about North Korea. So technically, why are we in this spot? Because you ha- you elected a guy who is a, a warmonger. So we're going to be going to, you know, if you don't remember, now I don't remember having to do this, but I remember it when I was little, that all schools yep. had fallout shelters and they had to go through um, drills in case you have nuclear war. They brought all of that stuff back because this fool is reckless. That's why. You know, and, and, and Mr. Elias, you know, you think about it from this perspective. He is so right, because I remember going out there and, you know, mm-hmm. putting your head between your knees and doing all these yeah. different things. But, you know, but on the, but but here's the other thing. He still hasn't responded to what happened. He sent out a tweet this morning about that book again. I guess he doesn't understand his role as commander-in-chief. Calm the nation. Say something about this. Why the hell has he not addressed this yet? Um... Yes, who he is? He's a narcissist. He's gonna give a damn about himself. It's pretty simple. You understand what a narcissist is? You know that he's it's all about him. He could give a damn less about what anybody else feels, how they feel, or what goes on with him. So, hey, bottom line, here's who he is. You know, Doctor Princess Odilia. You know, um, well, I guess there are a couple of things, right? People are upset because. What happened was the message came out and showed that hey, this is a missile is coming. This is not a this is not a test or a drill, and it showed a picture of a missile dropping down in a big explosion. Okay, I think we could have done without the visual visual effects there, but once again, does this show that all of a sudden nations and countries and cities? Do you think we're going to see this? in those other American cities that are within striking range, so to speak. Having an alarm system that goes out and says, okay, guys, get ready, because this could be the big one. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't, I, I, it's just, I mean, if, if, if that didn't, if that's not the case, then we shouldn't get messages like that. This is not like a fire drill. Like, who does that? So, and I, I don't know if I missed the news, but what you're saying is that that came from our government and it was an accident? I mean, what is the point of, like, is, is this, like, a, what type of question are you asking? Because I, I must have missed that. I, I if, just, if, what are your thoughts? So, but yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Don't get over about really it. Wait, 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 because, because. Did, did it did, really did, happen? Is okay. what I'm asking. Simple question. Did, did, well, did no. it happen? <laughs> Somebody help me. All right, listen. Let's uh, tell you what. Hold that thought, <laughs> Dr. Princess O'Dee. Hold that what? thought. Oh, my God. Here's the next topic that we're going to talk about. Oh, Here's an old political hack courtesy of U.S. politicians. Redraw the voting districts in order to favor your party. That's what the Republican Party did in North Carolina in 2016. But they went too far. The federal courts have stepped in and said that they violated the U.S. Constitution. We. Uh, all right, Jerome. Are we starting to see progress here, right? Situation is, bottom line is, North Carolina saying, guess what, guys? You can't do this. Redraw it. They have Repu- Republicans had to admit that they did this 
for political gain. Your thoughts? Yeah, and normally they won't admit it. Like, that's the, the thing. I guess they went so far that they had to admit it. Now, that's to me more than anything else. It's like you had to admit that you are racist because you are racist. Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, they, they went too far, and they just got called out. You know, Mr. Elias, now is this now is this a, okay? Is this a side of things to come? I mean, does this give you make you feel okay? God dang it, maybe someone is listening to all these voices who are saying that they've been doing this for years. For folks who say that my vote my vote does not count, does this make them see a light at the end of the tunnel? I would I would I would hope so, Jay. But I'm waiting to see what the GOP response is going to be to this. Because they'll come up with some kind of crap. Because the bottom line is that they they ruled it, you know, the way they ruled it. The Supreme Court did, but they're gonna they're gonna fight this. You know they're gonna fight it. Come on, man. They don't want to give up. Because if if North Carolina does it, then every every other state has to do it. They had to fall. They had to fall. They had to fall, fall in line with it. So let's see. I would hope so. I would pray to God that they do it. Dr. Princess O.D., you talked about Georgia. You talked about all the things you witnessed in Georgia. So the bottom line is, once again, when you hear news like this that North Carolina has said, you know what, guess what, guys? Uh Uh-uh. You guys are trying to manipulate the elections because the bottom line is, is that, and we talked about this on the show, that 61% of Americans in the last X amount of years have voted Democrat, but yet still most of the governorships and mayorships throughout the nation is held by Republicans. How is that so? Look what happened in 2016 during the presidential campaign. One person won almost three million more votes than the other, and she's not in office. So does this give you hope that now the states are starting to recognize that you're going to see more movement on this front when it comes to these gerrymandering of districts? Yes, I do. Yes, it does. I, I think that, you know, people are going to have to fall in line. So, yes, I do. I feel that they're, that people are going to really pay attention now. They should have been paying attention, but I believe that, yes. All right. Next show. Next topic, please. LeBron James fires back at a huge fashion retail company after a racist ad. When King James caught wind of the fire, he wrote, H&M got us all wrong and we ain't going for it. Straight up. Enough about y'all and more about what I see when I look at this photo. I see a young king, the ruler of the world, an untouchable force that can never be denied. We as African Americans always have to break barriers prove people wrong and work even harder to prove we belong but guess what that's what we love because the benefits at the end of the road are so beautiful hashtag love my people okay so now just to give you the backstory here h&m had an ad where they showed two young kids right posing in guess what hoodies the white kid had on a hoodie that said survivor expert of the jungle while the little black boy had on a hoodie that said, uh, the coolest monkey in the jungle. LeBron James, love him or hate him, he stepped out and did the right thing. Mr. Elliott shook off on this nonsense. Uh, well, and how did this still happen in 2018? Well, hell, they're still, they're, still trying to, they're still trying to sell people in Libya, man. We need to address that issue first. And the bottom line is LeBron James, man, there's one thing I can say about him. He speaks up for what the hell he believes in. So I, I, I applaud the I applaud LeBron James, man. And you know, and if you looked at it any further, 
Hell, and, and, and over in Af- Africa, they, they went to the H&M stores and started just tearing them stores up, man. They, they, they went over there and started throwing stuff and did all kind of stuff to H&M. And I was like, they just don't. To, to really hurt a store, you don't buy from them. You gotta, you yeah, they went there and tore it up. They went there and tore it up, but don't buy from them. Don't support them. That's what you do to hurt them. But, but you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. up. The kid's mother is saying, get oh, over it. What, what's what's up? up? Yeah. yeah, she stood up for him. Yeah, but that's not that's not that bad of a problem. I mean, <laughs> think about it this way. It, it is why we need to understand that what happens with racism and, and supremacy and all of the other stuff that goes on, as an individual... Like as a black person, as an individual, anywhere on this planet, and you remember she's in the UK. So yeah. whatever was going on in her life that she needs to make a buck for, there are black folks who are willing to work. And she, her point was, is that her son models a lot of stuff, and she was just happy that he was getting recognized, right? That he was, he was, um, you know, working. So technically, it ain't her fault. Nobody should jump on her. Nobody should talk about her being ignorant or, or not understanding what's going on. It's for those of us who are thinkers. There are those of us who are thinkers and those of us who are in leadership that is responsible for that conversation. Because again, when something happened to Jewish people, you hear from the Anti-Deplamation League and all of those guys, but you don't go, hey, let me go see Steven Spielberg and see what he thinks. You know, we have to stop calling Oprah and people like that. It's like, Oprah's going to be president. Like we always look at our entertainers to provide us some kind of leadership, and that's wrong. We have people who are thinkers, people who are scholars, people who are sociologists. You should, we should go to those folks and, and say, what do you think about this, and how does this playing on the psyche of everybody else? But you don't go to the individuals who are oppressed and ask them to fight amongst themselves because his mother said it was okay. Of course, the little kid probably thought it was okay. He doesn't have any historical reference to this stuff. And maybe she doesn't either. Wow. I, you know, I'm a little shocked to hear that response because I thought that I'm you would so be shocked. like, fight the I'm power. So I, I mean, I am. I'm, I'm shocked. And I, I, but yeah. after, he, he, after he has explained it, I, I get where he's coming from. But I guess, and, and let me, let, let me add, ask this question uh, to you, and then I want to get to Dr. Prince Sylvia. Uh, 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 but don't it start there, though, Jerome? Don't we, don't, in order for this thing to bubble up, doesn't it have to start in the trenches? Because she's in the UK, yeah. does that make an excuse for her not to know what her people are suffering worldwide, especially her American cousins? Does that let her off no. the hook? No, much respect for my folks in the UK. Here's the thing. The UK had um, got rid of slavery 100 years prior to this country, 100 years. Now, although they're still having problems with race over there, it is against the law. One of the reasons why Trump can't go over there now is because he would be subject to arrest based upon what he said here if he steps into the U.K. You can't publicly be racist in public. Your words will get your butt thrown in jail. Even Trump will have a warrant out for his arrest. The U.K. got rid of this stuff 100 years ago, and they don't let you promote that stuff publicly at all. So what I'm saying is that, yes, there, we have cultural differences. There are things that we understand as a culture very different than everybody else. But to actually look out for the collective and understand how it impacts everybody else, everybody is not thinkers. And I don't have a tendency 
to jump on individuals for them not knowing something. I study a lot of stuff, but I never go to anybody and say, how come you don't know this? That would just be wrong. That's why I have well, friends. My friends don't have to know stuff because they call me. I don't blame them for not knowing when they call and ask. Well, well just, you can spin on Hey, man, listen, I, you convinced me. I thought you were going to be the other way around, but you got me, brother. Hey, you know what? And I'm with you on it. I agree 110%. With your assessment of that situation, Doctor Princess, do you give me a, give me your thoughts on this one? Okay, so um, I am very shocked, and even still, okay, fine. I know the UK is is a different culture. I understand that, but based on the information that was given, and at, at, at the time that people showed their response to this, it was clear what that message sent to the majority of us. I'm not talking about the UK. So, to me, she may not be affected by it, but it affects her people. And and I know people in the UK who still associate themselves with with our race and are affected by so many things that we may go through and they don't consider themselves separate from those experiences although they and and although they may not have to deal with things outwardly they deal with things there as well so i think that she there could be more of a mess more of an indicator or she should have at least demonstrated that there was concern and she can see how this was wrong. Like maybe I didn't get it, and I didn't even see it like this because that's what not what I deal with. But really, you understand? Yeah. And, and to to have some type of attachment or, or some type of connection to it, at least. So yeah. I don't yeah. I don't say there's a path for that. I don't. I mean I understand what you're saying in terms of or or, or just the culture difference. I understand that. I get it. No, but the Jay, message I, is what the message is, and that's that's just where I'm coming from generically. That it's the message. It's yeah. All right. Real quick, Jerome. Yeah, just so I give you a little contrast, I am more sickening by Herman Cain and um, all those pastors and and people who stood up with Donald Trump yeah. on that Martin Luther King Day. They should be smarter. <laughs> okay. There like, you go. Hey, you know what? No. <laughs> but but those. You're right. Hey, you know what? Both, uh-huh. That's different. You're right. Hey, man, uh, I'm with you on that good one. Next topic, please. For the first time, yesterday the Trump administration opened the door to one of the biggest changes in the history of the Medicaid program. For the first time, the federal government will allow states to impose work requirements on people who get Medicaid. The first state, Kentucky, got the go-ahead today. The idea is that able-bodied adults would have to show that they have a job, attend school, provide child care, or participate in other community engagement activities. States would be able to define those terms. Critics say this requirement is illegal. They also argue that not having health coverage creates an obstacle to employment. States that want this policy argue that community engagement makes people healthier. Sounds to me that they are trying. You see where this is going, right? That's why you're laughing, right? You see where this is going, right? You see yeah. where this is going. It's like, okay, these people on welfare, you know, I mean, it, it, you can see it. it's they are starting. Out. Here's the thing. Now, let me ask you this question, Mr. Elias, because they're going after Medicare, Medicaid. So a lot of older white Americans are going to be involved in this hit. What do you think mm-hmm. is going to happen 
when the dust is cleared on what they're trying to do because you can see this coming. They're, they're gonna they're, they've stabbed their, they'll stab their own selves in the neck. And to bottom to, to to be frank, there's no no amendment in the uh, Medicare program that says that people have to work. So the people are gearing up to fight this already. So, but if you're on Medicare, how the hell are you going to work? Usually, if you're on Medicare, you 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 got an illness that you cannot work. So I, I don't get it. Why are you trying to hurt people that 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 you don't even want to provide health care for? But some of you bastards in the office, once you leave office, you got health care for your life. Why don't we just take a why don't we just do it like we do every other job in the United States? If you don't work there, you don't get health care. Then you got to find it for your well, damn self. It's ridiculous. Sounds man. like a sounds like a very touchy topic for the man we call Mr. Elias Jerome. Man, your thoughts on this? Well, where where can I go with this? The the, the irony of it is that there's a county in Kentucky that has the most people on social services in the country per capita wow. mm-hmm. in Kentucky. So, yep. and, and that county has 99% white folks in it. Yep. So, I'm wondering how that's going to wow. play out when it comes time for them to vote. This yes. is going to be hilarious mm. because state has its determines what its rules are. So, I'm in New York State. They probably won't change. They won't do that here. But in any Republican-held state, they're going to be treating people like crap. So work that out for people voting Republican. <laughs> that was a digging in the crates moment right there, folks. See how he did that? That's what we call him the smartest man in the world. Dr. Princess Odilia sounds like they're going after entitlements. And so basically what they're trying to say, and it's been their argument forever, you know, able people that's on welfare should get out there and look for a job. And, you know, listen, we can have your arguments on that. I mean, there's a pros and cons to everything. Your thoughts on this particular situation that now they're saying if you're an able-bodied person, wow. then you should go out there and uh, get a job. You know, just, you know, they're, 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 they're saying that if you don't go out there and be active participant in these types of things, there's a possibility you can lose that as a service and a coverage. Your thoughts? Your thoughts, please. I like that. Well, I put that together. Okay. That was pretty good. Hmm. Well, I mean, if 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 you're in if you're not able to work, then of course you shouldn't be required to work. If you, I mean, you know, if you can't work, you can't work. But if you can work, then work. Yeah, but okay. So, Here's my thought process, Jay. People that are on welfare are paid so little that they still got to remain on welfare. Right, this is true, they make the boundaries very limited, so somebody that's on welfare, if you get a little job, and I'm a small job, they're going to kick you off, so it, 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 you know, it's not good for a lot of people, and, and at the same time, I mean, we should have a discussion one day. You know what I was thinking the same thing. We need to talk about that next Sunday. Because you need to talk about that next Sunday. Yeah. I like to make that clear sometimes. You realize that we have no welfare system. Welfare does not exist in the 90s. So you can get CHIP, which is the the children's insurance program. You can get other services, food stamps, whatever. We don't have welfare. That's right. That's right. 
That's right. He's right about that. Yeah, he's right about well, that. Well, well, welfare as the as the right, right, right. But that. as the general public knows it, the Family Independence Agency and whatever services it offers, which because you're right, people get they have to even for them to get a, a money, they have to go to a class or whatever that's forty hours a week there, which gives them the opportunity to look up jobs, to, you know, prepare their resumes and do things like that. And they get like 200 bucks, but they've got to have 40 hours of that in order to get income. And, and if they want just that, they get a couple hundred dollars or whatever. It's not like they get wealthy off of it. That's for sure. Their benefit comes more so in the food aspect of it. And they do provide daycare for the individuals. With that are yeah, stuff like that. You know, they, they, they require, they give, they, yeah. they give them the ability to work and to give them a hand, a, a hand up, not a handout, okay? And I don't think, that that's why we need to have a discussion on that, because what is the perspective of this welfare and why do we, I mean, I understand that people need it, and people need it in, in, in rough times of their life to have a hand up. And then there are the, there is the other category of people who generations of them have relied on this as their ability to live and have become you know, lazy let's, let's, in uh, many ways. Right. Honestly. So okay, I mean that's that's let's do this. Well, what, what, okay, okay, why don't we do that? Why don't we table this and, and let's let's uh let's 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 spend, let's spend some time talking about that within the next couple of weeks. I think it's an important conversation to have. All right, next time. Well, we just don't talk about it. So will she, won't she? That certainly is the question. Now, Oprah's longtime friend Gail says she is considering, she is, she is intrigued, but she does not believe at this point that she's considering a run. All right, Jerome mentioned it earlier. Oprah Winfrey for president. Just tell yes, man. It's, I mean, shouldn't it, haven't we learned our lessons that, okay, if you don't have the ability to govern, if you've never been involved in this, then why are we putting you in the position of authority? I mean, is that what this has come up to now? Usually presidents would have to have some experience uh, in the lower chambers. You know, I mean, good God, because you have a talk show, that doesn't mean you can run the country. How do you feel about Oprah for president, Mr. Elias? I, you know, I don't think she should run. The bottom line, I think we should put somebody qualified in that. And she's already said she wasn't qualified to run. Then she said, well, well, what we got here, I know I'm more than qualified, but I don't think she should run. I think she put a, I, I should think, I, I would think that Oprah's smart enough to know that, that man, look, after this debacle that they've had with this person, we, she shouldn't run. You should put a qualified person in, in charge. And maybe that's the reason why people are saying this. Hell, if this guy, you know, think about Jesse Ventura and, and you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But let me ask you a question, Jerome, because really the, the, the president of the United States is the CEO of the country. He's, you know, the most, he or she is the most powerful person in the world. A person that has some intelligence, a, a person who's run a billion-dollar empire, they should have some of the prerequisites and qualifications, right, to step in there and do the job. Or do you agree with Mr. Elias that says, look, we need someone who has government experience to be the next president of the United States. Your thoughts on Oprah? Well, well, sometimes we can be followers. And so I think what happens is that since Trump won, people are looking for the entertainment field as their new leadership. But according to how the, comp- the country was founded, their thoughts were always that the people should decide. 
So, you know, there's always a dilemma in there. There's no way Oprah can win. But if people, she's going to take up a lot of air in the conversation. Well, she can't win. I wouldn't vote for Oprah. I'm not stupid. So, so between her, so, so who would you vote for there? Between her and Trump, you just wouldn't vote? Or you'd write someone in? I, I'm saying she wouldn't make it through the primary. I'm saying I wouldn't vote for her. So you're you're asking a uh, like in a binary one or two things. I'd vote for Oprah over over David Duke and over um, Ron pa- Rad Paul and all of them. Of course I would. Yeah. Hell, I'd vote yeah. for Will Smith for them. So you want to keep <laughs> going deeper into the uh, Kanye West? <laughs> Kanye West or the Rock? Oh, these guys. Yeah, Dr. exactly. Dr. Prince Dr. Prince <laughs> I know. Dr. Prince O'Dea, can you vote for Oprah? Can you see Oprah running for the Democratic uh, uh, become Democratic nominee for President of the United States? Would you vote for Oprah? Okay. Can I see her running? No, I can't see her running. But if the choices were like they are right now Gail on the said, table, Gail said I she's think intrigued. Gail said that you she's intrigued. Guess what? Guess you know, what? Gail is uh, America, the Oprah whisperer. You know what? America voted for Trump, all right? And the only thing that Trump brought to the table was a reality reality skill at the end of the day. He wanted he, he, he wanted media coverage and he wanted the media. I mean, Trump winning definitely indicates that we're not talking about politics here. We're not talking about politics as a criteria, apparently. So is it, is, is it possible? I'm sure anything is possible. Absolutely. If she put her mind to it and decided that that's what she wanted to do, I'm sure she could do it. And, and if it was her versus someone who had more of a political background for, for me personally, and that could definitely serve our country well, I would be more apt to vote for that person versus Oprah. But if Oprah, Oprah was on the ballot with Trump, then I'd have to vote for Oprah. But um, and just pray the same, you know. Hey, hell, that's look at look at Trump. He has no, he's not. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about somebody who's who's um, <laughs> angry. He's narcissistic and everything, and, and he's a he's got business history, and people like his wealth too. And he says whatever the hell he wants to say, and with no filter. And hey, people love it. And somehow. Um, we haven't blown up yet. The country's still running, so I guess we could still run with Oprah in office. And then, hey, that's where we are today. Well, that's, people, <laughs> well, that's the people in Hawaii. You never know. All right, last topic real quick. For the first time, yesterday the Trump administration opened the door to one of the biggest changes in the history of the... If there was ever a voice that conjures up the majesty of sports' most memorable moments... Vince Young scores! It's Keith Jackson, the thunderous heartbeat behind college football. College football doesn't exhibit the skill that pro football does, but it's got spirit. Jackson embodied that spirit in a down-home melodic style with some memorable catchphrases. This one is more or less from Mr. Elias. Mr. Elias, man, Keith Jackson, one of the iconic voices when it comes to sports, and 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 uh, some of the, he called some of the most memorable plays in history. Man, your thoughts on uh, this icon behind the mic? 
understanding. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone, and a happy birthday to you, Jay. My man, pots and pans. Appreciate it, man. I love you. All right. I mentioned at the top, at the bottom, at, during the last segment, I guess, that uh, we heard for the first time this year in a resident show, Texer, the one and only Johnny D. Let me read his Texas here. MLK, the March on Washington was August 28, 1963. As we honor this great man of God on his actual, on his actual date of birth, we have always we have to always pray that God's will will be done. Dr. King remains a modern-day prophet, and his final speech... God, I'm getting all these texts. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting ads on my phone. Where is this coming from? All right. Uh, first time... Probably, okay. And his final speech reveals he knew his purpose was served, and God was calling him home. As many of your listeners may know, this was not the first time Dr. King had spoke the words, we will get to the promised land together. He previously spoke those prophet... Uh, uh, spoke those words in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, several months prior to his last speech in Memphis, Tennessee. I strongly submit to African Americans we reflect on our accomplishments built on that foundation so that we continue to fulfill God's will and serve his purpose as a people. And he also has a comment on the gerrymandering. He says, gerrymandering in North Carolina, and he's from North Carolina, unfortunately, this is the norm for both Republicans and Democrats in NC. The reality is the Republican-led legislator and Senate is so radical in their actions and agenda with regards for equality, they simply continue to push their racist initiative. The intervention by the Supreme Court, albeit necessary, but not been caused for has not been caused for the Republican Party to withdraw to redraw the districts as we speak. The Republicans have recently submitted a bill that will allow judicial appointments to be appointed. Now, if this is done, they will appoint judges with their right-wing mindset, and future violations of civil rights will not even be heard, and therefore the Supreme Court will not have any opportunity to have future civil rights violations from North Carolina to be brought before their court. All right, sorry about the hesitations. We were we're trying to read it from our phone, and we just kept getting all these ads. But anyway, all right, so the big topic this week, and, uh, you know, I've been waiting to have this conversation with my peeps. Donald Trump uh, in the White House, and we're going to use this word because I'm noticing network uh, uh, TVs and stations are using this word as well because I think it has a, a profound impact, and I think it's important for us to for you to hear it, hear the word, because – this came from the President of the United States, where he called African nations and you know places where people of color dwell. He said, these places are shitholes. He also talked about, why do we need all these Haitians up in here? Why can't we bring people from Norway? We all know that. Boy, you can't get no whiter than Norway. And so, you know, as we ponder, how do we attack this man, the President of the United States, as we sit back and think about how do we you know, get a group of people and really begin to have activist causes. Listen, people are doing this every day. I don't want to give the impression that we've been sitting back because you're seeing movements every day. But good God, when you hear this, and here's the piece that really trips me out, Jerome, that there were two Republican senators in there who said, hey, we didn't hear him say that. I misremembered, or I didn't really hear him say this. I mean, this is nonsense. And when you, you know, these are people, Jerome, 
that they control they control our lives with legislation. And if this guy feels this way in his black heart, and it made my stomach crawl turn when I saw him yesterday reading that plaque, the, the, what, what, what is it? he read something, some type of proclamation for King's Day, and Dr. King's nephew standing up there, you know, and then Ben Carson stands up there and says, yeah. I'm, dude, I don't even know where to go with this. And, and, and How it, can it, anyone that looks like us continue to be in this man's presence is beyond me. Your thoughts. So you asked the question earlier about the girl, about the mother for H&M, um, the child who was modeling. These guys are responsible right. for oppressing the rest of black folks. So there's a big difference in this. And just like Harriet Tubman's stance is, you know, that she could she could have saved thousands if or hundreds if they knew they were slaves. The problem is she had to shoot some people who didn't know they were slaves. And technically, we can't um, we can't defend all black people. And we also know that there are some black people who are going to want to sit at the feet or lick the boots of an idol. So hmm. technically, they figure it's better to have something than nothing. So. You know, I have no respect for none of them. And even uh, one of the guys who was on there was on um, television defending that, saying that Trump said that he didn't say it. Although Lindsey Graham confirmed that he said it, um, Senator Scott from South Carolina said that Lindsey Graham told him when he asked him what happened. And Lindsey Graham or, or the other senator confirmed that he said it. So anybody, Big What's his name? Dick Durbin, Dick Durbin from Chicago, Dick Illinois. Well, Dick Durbin Illinois. said that he said it. Dick Durbin mm-hmm. was the first person yeah. to come out and said oh, he said oh, it. Oh, you're saying, okay, you're talking about the other guy who actually changed his stance because there were two who said he didn't say anything, and then the other one was like, well, okay. Yeah, you're talking well, you know, about that was, Go ahead, I'm sorry. That was Senator Cotton and other guys. So yeah. technically believing that they're not racist got to be a harder thing to believe than anything. So we need to know. Yeah. As black folks, I, I want people to identify themselves. If that's who you are, identify yourself, because it makes it difficult for those of us who are trying to give perspective to um, give perspective to those people who don't want to believe that people have hate in their heart like that. So hmm. we have a, a task to do of kind of unraveling this um, psyche of everybody wanting it to be wellness and that we should look beyond that and we should need to pray for them. We don't need to pray for everybody. We need to protect ourselves and we need to set policy that's going to stop folks from harming us first and foremost, and then we can actually talk about working together. But until we can figure out a way to stop them from actually destroying and, and hurting us, then technically there's nothing to be negotiated. And that's why I'm kind of proud of Maxine Waters. The first person who did this was John Lewis that said, we're not going to the State of the Union. He has nothing to say to us because nothing that comes out of his mouth he's actually been able to keep, and he has not said anything that was truthful. So they're not going. And people need to walk away from people who they know are constantly lying to them opposed to hoping that they will be better the next time I see them. You know, Jerome, I mean, uh, you know, Mr. Elias, the one thing that I love about Maxine Waters, and I'm not sure if you've seen her on some of these shows, she is <laughs> she is like, look, I am not going to waste my time with this buffoon. 
he's a liar. I mean, man, she she takes it straight to the head when it comes to Trump, you know, and she she tells the truth. And the bottom line is, how can people sit back and once again, I'll ask you the same question: African Americans. When he signed that damn document, there shouldn't have been a black joker nowhere within 100 miles of him. There's no way I would go to the White House, even if I was. You know, they got Dr. King's nephew. They had to find somebody that, that would come because, you know, most of the King, you know, standard barriers didn't show up, which is, you know, kudos to them. So they found this guy. You know, every family has an Uncle Tom, I think. You can find one. You can dig hard. If you dig in the crates far enough, you can find one. But, but, but why were they there, Mr. Elias? I mean, how can we how can we go forward and move forward and advance the problems with our race when some of us are sitting right there, and some of us are some of the starches of, of supporters? I mean, I watch these two, you know, that that freaking stupid uh, uh, sheriff that they have in Arizona. Where was that guy's name? The brother. He's out in Arizona. Which country? What, what Milwaukee. Uh, state is that fool from? Yeah, Milwaukee. Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah. And, and you have people that sit here and they act as if they don't hear nothing he's saying. Every black person associated with that administration, which are not that many, should have walked out the door once they heard that he had made these comments. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this, man. In the more words of Willie D, they're cooning. And that's all they're doing. These these people are coons, man. They're going to dig on... They're going to give Donald Trump every opportunity to do what they want to. And as Willie D, as, as Willie D says, your, daddy, your, your mama should be ashamed of you. Your daddy should have pulled out. Bottom line, you shouldn't be alive. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, in this, you shouldn't be around, man. The bottom line. These, these, these people are clowns. They, no matter what this guy says. And there was a, there was a pastor on, on a Joy Reid's show. I watched this. And this, this dude. He was standing up for Donald Trump like my business. And I'm thinking to myself, you're supposed to be a pastor. And you're talking about get rid of people. Where, where's the love for your brother? You know, am I my brother's keeper? I guess you're not. So, I mean, dude, it, he's going to be able to find coons wherever he goes. And, they, and, and there's plenty of them in the country that want to make some money. Look at Amarosa. You know, there, there's, been, there's been thoughts of <laughs> I, I, I hate to say this, but one of the, one of her sto- one of her, one of the stars from uh, one of the housewife shows that said that Amarosa wasn't even good enough for him to sleep with. She was just performing performing oral on it. So I don't know how true that is, but I read that the other day. I was like, this is crazy. This is just crazy. They said Amarosa what? They said I I can't what's I cannot remember her name. But she's one of the housewife stars that knows Amarosa, and they say Amarosa wasn't. I, can for I I know her actually. We're friends on Facebook, but I'm not gonna say her name. But the yeah. thing was <laughs> that she said that Amarosa told her doing one of the Apprentices because she was on the Celebrity Apprentice and then the Apprentice that they had on TV One. So Amarosa, Amarosa told her she slept with four of the contestants. And then she said that she was hearing allegedly that you know he was she was sleeping having an affair with um, Trump. That's why when she got fired or whatever, however that goes, and she said I got a story to tell when she was on television. The next day, Sarah Sanders said, "Oh no, I'm a Russell being um, is visiting the White House today." They called her back to the White House. They need to keep her quiet. And we know the stories where 
him paying the Playboy model what 130 mm-hmm. grand, porn stars, and then right. someone else porn stars, almost yeah. 150 grand. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah. ain't no no talent, but yes, the Omarosa stuff is out there. As um, yep. as yeah, rumor, I guess I don't know how what to call it, but nobody's doubting the story. Know. And they and you well, didn't hear Trump else too. Out saying that I'm gonna sue her either. He's quick mm-hmm. to say that. When here's something else. Here's something else too. If all you people are saying that you know Donald Trump don't like, you can't say Donald Trump don't like black people because he, you know, he may have slept with a black woman. Hey man, freaking <laughs> uh, slave, uh, freaking uh, masters slept with slaves. So get out of here with mm-hmm. that nonsense. Get yeah, out of here with that nonsense. Love story was our prime example of that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think who, who was it? Who was the uh, the senator? Oh, was it Bird? The old the old senator? What was that guy? Strom? Was it Strom Thurmond that, that had yeah. black? Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. don't Senator McCain has a black kid somewhere? Yeah. yeah I think his, I don't know if he's a doctor or not, but yeah. They have, they have no, a no, 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 no. I, I, I thought that Senator McCain had a black had black relatives. Cause I remember that they played that. He was dancing Wait. with his black relatives during uh, during the, uh, the 2008. Uh, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure yeah, he and, has a And Orrin Hatch. Orrin Hatch yeah. has a Orin black Hatch baby. Too. As racist yeah. as he is. Yeah. Yeah, sending money to him on the coup. Stop it with all this nonsense. All right, Dr. Princess O'Day, I don't want to make you feel left out here. Uh, shithole, shithole countries. Now, you you know, you do a lot of traveling abroad. Uh, what type of impact do you think this is going to have on nations of color abroad when it comes to this? Bottom line is you can't say these types of things as the president of the United States because whether you like it or not, you are, quote, unquote, the leader of the free world. People look to the West for leadership. So that's why any time this guy says something that's ridiculous, the whole the whole world reacts. So what type of impact do you think this is going to have on those nations abroad in Africa and El, and, you know, uh, uh, El Salvador and other places that he uh, has identified as uh, shithole countries? Well, for one, I, I, I don't – people from Africa and other countries, I believe it's already clear what type of president we have, and I don't think any – you know, it's not going to change how they think about him already. But I'm and – I'm, I'm, and I'm also sure that um, that's, that's for the general public. But politically, I mean, um, the politics side of it is, I mean, of course he doesn't – it doesn't – he does. He's not making friends over there or, or anywhere else. He's not making friends anywhere. He's not even making friends in America. So I believe that it's going to be what it's been already. This is just another negative thing, and he's been outward about his his position. Uh, I, I don't see Africa making um, making moves with him. Him saying the statement, nor before he said the statement, because it, it's. Who he is is who he is, and he's demonstrated that from the beginning. This is just another statement that he said, and it's and it's more direct. Um, so I just, I mean, Africa. I, I I've actually talked to some of my um, colleagues and and uh, friends since that comment, and they just laughed. They just laughed, and one of them happens to be in government there. They just laughed. He said, "I, oh, you know." He's, he's an idiot anyway, you know, and they were back, you know, they, if they don't, he doesn't affect everybody like how we think. But I mean, of course he, him sitting around the round table, I don't think he had a chance before he said it. And he definitely 
it's not like somebody's going to bring him there now. Like, he's quick to do that now. He already was doing who he was, you know. His perception was already clear. Right. So, uh, so when you look at, okay, so let's back up here. Jerome, she says no impact. But we have, you know, uh, countries across the world, they're summoning the people from the U.S. Embassy saying, okay, y'all need to come and talk to us, and what the hell does this mean? So we would like to think that his words don't mean anything, that he's just blowing off smoke. But, Jerome, you know this, being on that side of the fence when it comes to politics. This guy, man, is the president. He just can't wake up in the middle of the night because he has an itch in his ass to start typing in nonsense. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, what? So let me ask you this. Uh, Paul Ryan, he's a coward. You know, so when you think of, we st- have we, and I'm asking this question seriously. I'm not asking this just for, you know, for the conversation, you know, for, for the for the for the show effect. Uh, have we heard from Mitch McConnell yet? Has he released a statement? Oh no, Mm-mm. no, Mitch McConnell is being dead silent. That's how races roll, right? When they people yep. say something, they just stay quiet. Let it speak for itself. They don't take away from this guy's the. Married to an Asian wife. He has an Asian wife. I mean, what is um, this, man? Um, some some Asians want to be white. That's all I could really tell you about that. Some <laughs> black people want to be white. Oh, dad, a couple of white ex-husbands have biracial kids and still says what she said while she's getting child support from from him. Talking about deadbeats who are getting child support. She don't see, she sees herself as other than. Because her husband's wife can't get it from a black man, so she, if her husband don't pay, she's taking him to court. But she don't say, hey, all white men can be deadbeats and we need to go after them, take care of your kids. She don't say that. She don't consider that an issue more than she considers black folks to have in, um, inherent problems. So, yeah, don't, don't ever look at it like that. You have your people... Um, that's a part of what supremacy is. It integrates you into a system to make you think that if you're with them, you're cool, and it's them. It's not you. You can speak English. I like you, you know, that kind of thing. Like you are separated from your ancestral roots or your DNA somehow. That's, you know, and, and one of the things, oh, I didn't say this earlier, but one of the things that disturbs me about all this whole conversation when it comes to, you know, and celebrating Martin Luther King's birthday and all the other stuff, it kills me to hear people say that the only people who were here were Native Americans first and then everybody else came. That is not true. Native Americans know that there were indigenous black people here when they came. So, you know, a friend of mine, a Native American chief, um, who's the faith keeper, is a historian. And when I had that conversation with him, he said, I know. And they've been here for 3,000 years. They know that black people are here. So we need to stop. And, and while we are talking about history, we need to add corrective measures inside of history, opposed to fighting the same fight over and over again, because now you have the Internet. Now you have different things that you can get information. You don't have to wait for somebody at Harvard to do a press conference to tell you something anymore. You can find out this information. You know, uh, it's interesting you say that because I was watching the just the round of interviews. Uh, they were talking to some prominent white, um, 
I can't think of who he was. I was going to write it down because I wanted to mention it in the show. He actually acknowledged what you said, Jerome. He said, you know, if you want to be honest about it, black people have been here longer than anybody uh, in this country. And I said, wow, you know, so, you know, people out there, there are people out there who will tell the truth. And so I, I can't remember, God, I can't remember his name. I want to give him his credit because he definitely said this when he was uh, rebutting, you know, what Donald Trump said. And, and, and you know, and then the other thing was still is, you know, you found out the numbers that African African kids that were coming over here are smarter than most Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? right? I mean, they were saying that they are smarter than Americans. So you're yeah, talking about bringing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And they said even though the numbers are, ha, has the numbers are down a little bit. Even with their numbers falling, they are still smarter than almost every American within the borders of this of this freaking country. So once again, it's a situation where it's that oh, I was watching some senator who was talking to his constituents, and you know, and they had a camera on his ass, and he said something. Well, you know, I hate to say this, but. Uh, um, um, you know, black people because of their mannerisms and and because of the you know the, their makeup. You know, uh, 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 well, you know, they're just it was, they were talking about drugs, right? And what he you know opioids and all this. What you fail to realize once again, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. And Jerome's right, welfare is gone. But when you go back and look at those numbers, there are white people on it more than blacks. Of course, there are. The numbers substantiate that, but hey, you know, they're not gonna say that. What is it? Fuzzy math? Is it fuzzy yeah. math? Is it we don't want to believe the numbers? I mean, this is BS, man. And people it need is. to call these folks out. They're a bunch of freaking racist bastards. They are. I'm about to go to church, and I'm, and I'm saying this. I can't believe it. But the bottom line is, is that this is ridiculous. For what's going on in this country, so you had all these people in the Oval Office. Only three people heard them. Uh, the DHS secretary, I don't recall him saying that. What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't understand how Republicans, Jerome, are hooking their latch to a guy who's only going to be there temporarily. He may, he might not even be there for four years. But worst think case scenario, it, though, he's there for eight. Think about it from their perspective. They think that this is their I, last shot. The country demographics don't favor them. Yep. They they yep. got an election because they stole it, and that's why you have yep. people like Ryan contemplating on not running for re-election because the wave is going to hit them, and they're going to be, like, on the back of the bench. And so really conservative people are taking their shot through this guy. I mean, there are people who are saying some really ill stuff just because they're like, hey, while we got it, we need to make sure this, this mm-hmm. goes. And they are taking their shot. And, again, we need to be able to take our shot, too, you know, because the problem was is that when we had a black president, uh, President Obama didn't act like he was a black guy. He was a black guy who was president, but he wasn't um, taking shots to make corrective measures, like pardoning um, um, Asada Shakur or Momia Abu-Jamal. There's a bunch of people that were in jail and locked up that he could have just flat pardoned who already did their time, but he did not do that. This dude gets in office and started letting races off, our payroll yep. and all of those guys, letting them off, giving David Duke something to clap about. We never take our shot when we get a shot, and I am saying that we need to have corrective measures as well. But those guys feel like that since they're not going to get a shot at this, 
that they're stacking the federal courts to make sure that conservatives live in lifetime appointed um, positions until they do something to get disbarred or something. But they're taking their shots, man, behind the scenes, and we um, like to play fair. Like, so the next person to go in there will say stuff like, hey, we need to work together. We need to make sure that we all get along. Like, we're going to do that because somehow we're wired like that, which is sick. We need to do something as well to make sure that we push push the goal push, push the goalpost to where they're supposed to be, right? Start everybody yeah. off at the 50 opposed to giving them, you know, 25 more yards than everybody else. But we need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and Mr. Elias, it's that old thing. It's that uh, the guy who got shot in the butt, remember? It's that syndrome. He got shot in the behind by the cops because he was reaching for his uh, yeah. insurance, which the cop asked him to do, and the brother did what? He apologized. I'm sorry yeah, I didn't apologize. What do you mean? I'm sorry yeah. I didn't. I and mean, the cop's I mean, like, man, you, you can't be moving that fast. I mean, yeah. this is, I mean, our people, man, we need to wake up. This is crazy. I, I'm I'm. I'm just appalled at this. All right, let me get your final thoughts on this whole thing. Let me start with you, Mr. Elias. My final thoughts are this, man. Um, he said it, and you know, if he's supposed to be the man that stands by what he said, then he should, he should, he should stand up and say, "Yeah, I said it." So what? Now he's supposed to be the candidate that always talks about what he is and how he is and how he's supposed to be doing it. Then stand up and say, "You said it." Quit, quit cowering down. Quit running from it. This is ridiculous to me. I don't understand it, and I don't understand how people can actually stand up for this racist piece of crap. I don't, I don't get it. And, you know, I'm looking at my friends who voted for him. Boy, I'm looking at them cross-eyed every day. And a lot of them have called and apologized. <laughs> we didn't know. I'm like, well, how did you not know? I mean, shame on you for not doing, once again, shame on you for not digging in the crates and finding out what's up with this guy. Well, Jerome, man, give me your final thoughts on this topic. Well, here's my final thoughts. I don't have any friends that voted for him. And what I mean <laughs> by that is if you voted for him, you are not my friend. Work that out. That's it. <laughs> I tell you what, I need to I need to follow, follow your lead on that one because I, I I'm I'm seriously you know looking at this. Here are my final thoughts on this topic and my final thoughts on the show thoughts on the show because like I mentioned, I'm trying to you know get right with Jesus. <laughs> so I I got to get to church because I know I promised the bishop that I would try to help him. He's looking at me as being one of the men of the church. You guys don't laugh who listen to the J. Ryle show. We'll talk about that hey, on another man. day. I'm glad my you're doing that, man. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Thank you, sir. Final thoughts on this particular topic is once again, this is just one, you know, what they say with Mayo. I've heard the Mayo Angelo uh, uh, comments all all week, you know. you know. And the bottom line is, is like, uh, but I'm not going to quote her. I'm going to quote uh, my main man, the late, great Dennis Green, when he said the Bears are who we thought they were. Donald Trump is who we thought he was. This is no secret. He is who we thought. And you know what I'm going to do just like he did. I hit the table, and we let him off the hook. Now, if you want to crown him, crown his ass. But Donald Trump is who we thought he was. I want to say thank you to everybody for all the well wishes and birthdays. I see you in Chatterbox. No Chatterbox this morning. Coming up next is On a Need to Know Basis with our main man, Jerome. We're going to jump right into that. Mr. Elias is going to take you home. I want to say thank you. God bless all you guys. I appreciate my guys here on the air. You guys don't know how much you mean to me. Every Sunday morning, I look forward spending time with some two of the most intelligent brothers on the face of this planet. So I'm honored to be in your presence. God bless you both. And I just can't wait to see what we do in 2018 as we continue to put the word out about this administration and tackle some of the issues that affect 
our nation, but more importantly, affect our people. Till next Sunday, I will see you back here next Sunday. Mr. LAS will take it home. But right now, let me do this because I'll be listening on my way to church. But I love to be able to do this part. Mr. LAS, you don't mind if I introduce on the Need to Know basis, no. do you? Because I, I get it. By all means. All right, Mr. LAS. All right, thank you. And on that note. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Oh yeah, it is time for On a Need to Know Basis with our main man, Jerome. Jerome, man, what do you have? I'll be listening in my bins. What do you got Man, Jay, luckily you stayed on for this part. <laughs> the first news story was that Jay was going to church on his birthday. But I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't right, see that one coming. Okay. I didn't see it. We were going <laughs> on the way to church. Like, I don't know how that works, but it, okay, fine. <laughs> Jay. All right. So, snow-covered part of the Sahara Desert for the third time in 40 years as freak storms sees 16 inches of snow fall in one day. <laughs> this is, wait, wow. This is the third time in 37 years that they've seen snow in Algier. And it's covered the red sand dunes of the Sahara. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's there's no global stuff going on. So NASA. No global warming. No global warming. NASA researchers at the University of California in San Diego found that El Nino and La Nina events caused the Arctic ice shelves to melt. Uh, while increasing snowfall, so the Arctic shelf is melting up to 10 inches a year. This is according to a 23-year study. 10 inches a year. Damn. Oh, wow. No global warming. So the ozone, <laughs> the ozone layer is healing. The hole over the Arctic is closing thanks to worldwide ban of damaging chemicals, according to NASA. Now, NASA does confirm this. The uh, hole in the ozone layer um, that appeared above Antarctica in the 80s has shrunk thanks to the ban on chemicals called CFCs, um, the NASA Aurora satellite has found that is closing. So hopefully we can stay on that trend. New York City is seeking to lead the assault, the assault on climate change and the Trump administration with a plan to divest $5 billion from fossil fuels and sue the world's most powerful oil companies over their contributions to the dangerous global warming. So city officials have set a goal of divesting New York's $189 billion of pension funds from fossil fuel companies within five years. Um, So Hmm. that's going to add up to over $5 billion that they're about to take from them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, New York City has five pension funds. Five pension funds have about $5 billion in fossil fuel um, investments. New York State has already announced that it's exploring how to divest itself from fossil fuels. So Hmm. a lot of people don't know that states actually vest in the market for pensions. So that's how, you know, we had a controller, Carl McCall, um, when during the 80s, I guess it was 80s or 90s, 80s, I think, initially. But when they started losing all of this money and, and workers were like, we're losing our pension, 
Carl McCall got elected, um, this black man in New York State. He, I think he's the first black person to win statewide in New York State. But Carl McCall, who um, came in and a finance guy, came in and pretty much saved their pensions and got them a big surplus on their money. So all the pension funds in New York State has been solvent ever since. Hmm. Carl McCall. That's a good thing. Yep, yep. So, you know, in much respect to Carl McCall, if he's listening, I haven't seen him in years, but Carl McCall <laughs> did a great job. No, I mean, uh, he ran for governor at some point, but he really um, kind of set a trend to say that we need to have some kind of fiscal accountability for our money, so Carl McCall did that. Now, the Republican Speaker of Kentucky's House of Representatives resigned from his leadership position on Monday more than two months after acknowledging that he had, a, he had secretly settled a sexual harassment came, claim and paid to keep it quiet. I don't know why I'm stuttering over this. Cause it's, <laughs> as the controversy continued to hound him, Jeff Hoover said that he was resigning from Speaker, but he didn't want to be distracted for the House. He didn't want it to be a distraction for the House. But he resigned his seat, but he won't resign out of government. See, that... Democrats, take a note of this. He got caught settling his sexual harassment case, paid to keep it quiet, and he won't resign. See how that goes? That's in Kentucky. The people who are going to be re- who are going to rule on people, um, you know, social services in a minute. That guy just did that. Now, the latest cover of Time magazine, Edel Rodriguez. Rodriguez shows Donald Trump with his long hair going up in flames to sum up his first year in office. <laughs> so his hair's on fire because of that Michael Wolf book. Um, Donald Trump scraped his plans to visit Britain next month and mm-hmm. was expected he to make it. He blamed it on first... Obama, didn't he? <laughs> he did what? He blamed it on Obama, didn't he? Of course, like everything else. He blamed <laughs> on Obama that he got a bad deal for the old embassy, and we played mm-hmm. $1 billion for the new embassy, and he wasn't going to do a ribbon cutting because Obama got a bad deal. Mm-hmm. So here's some facts. Trump didn't want to go because he knew the protest was going to be heavy, and London's mayor told him that he didn't want him there in London since he made um, references to Muslims and, and um and, it's, and now black folks, but this was months ago, they didn't want them to come because he should be arrested if he comes there because of the comments that he made. So that's why he really didn't want to come because they knew that in London there was going to be historic protests. And like they said in London, it was going to be more people protesting than at his inauguration. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> they knew what was going wow. down. And, and more importantly, if you want to talk about the billion-dollar um, the billion dollar embassy it was Bush that actually Ex- made that move, yeah. move the yeah. embassy because the US embassy was in a more dangerous spot according to them so they wanted to move it Obama sold off property so that they paid for the embassy without any taxpayer dollars so exactly. that embassy got built without a dime of taxpayer money but that was a bad move, Jerome. That was bad. It was bad. Yeah, was, yeah. In the history of the world, it was the baddest move ever made. I'm telling you, it was the baddest move. It was just bad. 
so he, Trump initially said that he canceled his visit because he was unhappy about his arrangements and the scale of his visit. <laughs> he, they should have put his butt in a, a you know, no disrespect to a, a Motel Six, but exactly. in, a, <laughs> in something where he had to go outside to get breakfast. <laughs> like he really? Out. <laughs> Give him a really discount place. Now, um, you know, I'm not going to go over the Trump um, comments, but I will say that in Trump making the comments uh, about certain countries, that we still have not had enough people in Congress step up or people in the Senate. You should ask that question of your senator or congressman when they run for reelection. What did they think about his comments? And don't let Hmm. them skate. That's all I want to say about that, yeah. Really, I, I agree with you. Yep. Now, the new U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands is in trouble over a fake news sca- scandal. So Dutch reporters on Wednesday, which was hilarious, said this is the Netherlands and you have to answer questions. Because what he did last year is he made a statement. He said, um, that, well, here's what he said, that people were burning, like Islamic extremists were burning politicians in buildings. So the Dutch wow. said this in 2015. Then he came out and said, I I made certain remarks in 2015 and regret the exchange that I had with, in that interview. And please accept my apologies, is what he wrote. So now mm. that he's the U.S. ambassador, the Dutch reporter said, look, you don't get off that easy. You need to name a, a politician who got burnt by Islamic extremists. Mm. Like, who, who got burnt? And he won't answer it, of course. So they're not going to make his life easy. And they shouldn't. They, they yep. shouldn't at all. Yeah. So when we need to do that in this country. Unless they felt free enough exactly. to say when they blow them off for questions that they say, no, no, you need to answer that question and stop mm-hmm. letting them skate or get off the program. Like you came on here to talk about what you want to talk about, but we have questions. That's not what you're here for. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, and – I think this is kind of important, but white Kansas State Representative Steve Alford said that black people abuse drugs because their genetics and character makeup. <laughs> now, <laughs> last Saturday he said that me, blacks respond worse to drugs because of their character makeup. Oh my God! Their genetics mm. and that. I don't know what the that was, but apparently that's what he believes. Again, if that's what Donald Trump needs to believe. We need to find out who gave him his high school diploma and who gave him <laughs> his college degree. Really? You know what? I think we wow. need to start pressing like Wharton and all of those guys. If that's the kind yeah. of education that them guys are getting, we need to say something. Exactly. I'll never send my kid to your school because y'all, that's a proud graduate of yours. Wow. Yeah. They need, wow. they need to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. a formal investigation has been launched into Missouri's governor – uh, after his former mistress claimed that he attempted to blackmail her with explicit photos at the start of uh, their affair. So a St. Louis Circuit attorney, Kimberly uh, Gardner, confirmed the probe in a statement Thursday after the serious and troubling allegations. <laughs> now, if it was anybody else, it would be, like, unconscionable and... Uh, some some other words, but it wouldn't say serious and troubling. This is just troubling that mm. 
that they were made public through an audio tape released by an unnamed woman's ex-husband this week. She said that it's essential for residents of the city of St. Louis and our state to have confidence from leaders. They must know that the office of the circuit attorney would uphold public hold public officials accountable in the same manner as any other resident of our city. So this is the person responsible of looking into the allegations against the governor. But he said, yeah, he had the affair, but he didn't try to blackmail her. Yeah, he, yeah okay, right, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't try to he blackmail sure her, did. but it's funny, again, his wife is standing by him. Right, of course. I'm not, I'm not mad at her. I'm just, I'm just saying he doesn't have any incentive to change Jack because, hey, he's governor now. So they're not, she's not leaving yet until she can get more money from the divorce. Now, exactly. The <laughs> Thank you. Thank the ex- you. Yeah, exactly. The ex-wife of a lawmaker who killed themselves claimed that he molested two girls, including a relative, more than a decade before shooting himself in the head. So the now um, Hickson, who was married to former Idaho Republican lawmaker Brandon Hickson, alleged that he was being investigated for molesting two girls, and he committed suicide on January 9th of this year. Wow. So, and then his wife comes out and says, oh, yeah, he molested a relative, too, after he died. He hasn't even been buried yet. This happened on the night. Oh, my God. So she knew that he was molesting people, and um, I guess he couldn't take it anymore. I don't don't know. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Now, Oprah Winfrey, I know we talked about her today, but this is on a different take of this. She is less popular than Democrat, uh, amongst Democrats than Joe Biden in a new poll that was taken ahead of the 2020 election. So in case you guys have that in your head, we have a poll that just came out. It was taken between January 10th and 11th after she did her speech at the Golden Globe. So... The um, her Golden Gold split led to everybody kind of saying would she run for president. Um, so the question was, would she beat Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and I guess it was Elizabeth Warren. So here's how the numbers came out. Of course, Joe Biden won. Then it was Bernie Sanders. Then Oprah, mm-hmm. and then Elizabeth Warren. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Seventy-six percent of Democratic voters had somewhat favorable, a very favorable opinion of Vice President Joe Biden. Hmm. Wow. I say, say so what Joe you guys still say, a one but... Still the one to beat, huh? He's, he's going he's gonna to always be the one to beat. Like, we know that the Obama policies will come back. We already know what his temperament is. Sometimes he could be a little... Um, well, I wouldn't even say compared to this president, 